Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Queen of Wands and Cleopatra. On today's show, we'll focus on the King of Wands and Athena. Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, wands, and symbols, and all of the above. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I am Biddy, your resident classicist. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Uh, your resident master of classics, Biscuit, oh. said. <laughs> no, She's that's too like, humble for that. It's like, I don't like saying expert, and I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, expert is still it's a true. Much. Still true. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yes, hello. Um, so this is our very last show of the year. Oh, because the year is only one more day. <laughs> like 12 more hours. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're also on our very last card of the tarot mm-hmm. uh, that we, we've, we've now gone through all of them. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is our, what, 78th episode? It must be. It must be because 70. we've gone yeah. through all 78 cards um, yeah, and we're ending on a powerhouse mm-hmm. of a character, and that is the King of Wands. Um, very excited to share everything that this card represents for us, and also uh, the fact that we were thinking, like, who is perfect for the King of Wands <laughs> over and over again, and then Vidi was like, you just, it just keeps coming up as, like, Athena. And I'm like, well, Athena must be our king of wands. <laughs> that must be who it that is. That must be who it is. So yeah. we're, we're gender bending it today. A and little bit. She is going to be our king, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah. I, I love that, <laughs> personally. Um, but I think it's also important because in the tarot, it is important that when you are receiving a character card, such mm-hmm. as um, someone of the court, like a page, a knight, a, a queen, or a king, um, it doesn't always, that person isn't always going to show up as being the gender that's portrayed on the card, yeah. right? Um, often the king and will represent men and the queen will represent women, but that's not always true. And mm-hmm. it's important that we remember that there's always a king within each of us, just as there's always a queen within each of us, right? So I think that's a good example of how the king of wands and everything that the king represents can be portrayed as the woman. Um, anyways, so on with the king. Yes. Onward with the king. Uh, we are at, so if you remember, the wands is a symbol of fire, and the king is representing pure fire energy. But what's really interesting about the king of wands is, even though the wands is a suit of creativity and passion and, um, and ideas, uh, the king isn't actually the one who comes up with the ideas per se. He's more of the implementer and um, the assigner of ideas <laughs> of how to implement these ideas. So he's really good at coming up with solutions to problems. And um, he kind of has this vision for how the world should be. And he gets other people to do it for it, to do his bidding, right? Um, people tend to rush to him. Uh, I'm going to use the the male pronoun because we're talking about a king, but keep in mind, you know, can be a woman. Um, so the king so is someone that people just rush to to get advice from 
um, and then they tend to rush away from him because uh, they're eager to get their tasks done. Um, and he'll give people tasks for sure. Um, whenever the king appears, the king of wands especially, appears in a reading for a person that I'm giving, um, normally the king of wands means either this is an energy that that person that I'm reading for needs to take on themselves or it can be a person in their life. Mm -hmm. So it could be like a boss type of figure, a father figure, a mother figure, um, someone who is really good at knowing exactly what needs to be done and how to do it. And then uh, it makes you feel like really motivated to get it done because it's like the King of Wands knows exactly like what is best suited, what task is best suited to each person. Um, and oftentimes we go to the tarot because we want to be told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I find the King of Wands actually appears quite often, uh, sometimes in a conclusion role. It's like, mm. uh, or sometimes it'll even, um, it'll appear as like what's on that person's mind. Like they want to be told what to do. <laughs> uh, they want to find this King of Wands person. Um, Sometimes people see the King of Wands almost as like a savior type of person where... Is he like the one that kind of like lights the fire under your butt almost to get you going or... Yeah, like in some ways the King of Wands is kind of like the hermit as well who guides okay. the way. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the one who's coming up with the ideas, but he's able to light the way for you and, mm -hmm. and tell you exactly how to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of Capricorn energy, actually, <laughs> which, which, <laughs> perfect which is perfect because right we're in Capricorn right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of Capricorn energy, a lot of this control, um, power energy, but ultimately also a fire person. So kind of Leo as well in there. Oh. But maybe I also just see Leo in a lot of people. Um, <laughs> it's a mix, a mix of us. <laughs> exactly. Biddy's a Capricorn. I'm a Leo. We're, we're a good mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So uh, if... This person is definitely not someone who will kind of sit idly by the sidelines either, though. They really have, um, they really tend to get involved with everything that they do. Um, so, however, this is also one of the king's faults because sometimes the king will get involved in things that maybe he shouldn't be involved in. Uh, and he makes a huge splash anywhere he is uh, and, you know, creates kind of this force of it's going to happen, it's going to get done, and if he's on the wrong side, he can cause a lot of damage, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, and what's worse is the king always thinks he's right. Mm. Um, so a lot of times, sometimes this person can appear as an obstacle, a very difficult obstacle as well, because um, if there's a king of wands that's opposing you in your venture, they everything they say people will just believe it mm -hmm. and i don't know if um as i'm saying this maybe someone's jumping to your mind as like that person that just wants to get involved in everything um they don't really know how much damage they're doing because they just have so much energy and people just want to do everything they say very charismatic. <laughs> Extremely charismatic people. Um, they don't necessarily have a lot of emotional intelligence, let's put it that way. Like, they don't necessarily care who they're hurting. Mm -hmm. um, they just want things to get done and done the way that they believe it should be done. Um, so as a result, they tend to uh, sometimes burn some bridges. Mm. But normally, those bridges aren't burned for too long because people want them on their side. <laughs> it's like that... It's a little bit kind of um, 
if you remember the uh, the Queen of Swords personality was is kind of similar in some ways that um, they they don't necessarily uh, create friendships. They believe more in rational, logical pursuits. However, um, what's different is the King of Wands uh, tends to be that person that people go to for advice mm. because it's like they're seeing a bigger picture. Um, anyways, the personality type I best associate with the King of Wands is the ENTJ personality type, which is sometimes called the commander. <laughs> Fitting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, like, historically, it's kind of like the classic Napoleon Bonaparte, um, you know, personality. Someone who's able to see the big picture and um, is very charismatic, gives really great speeches. <laughs> Um, anyway, so some of their strengths is that they are very efficient, energetic, self-confident, strong-willed, um, strategic thinkers. They kind of, although sometimes that's a little bit their disadvantage too, because they'll think that they're the only ones who have good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're charismatic and inspiring for sure. Um, people just, like when there's a person like this on your team, you just, they automatically like kind of just ascend to the leadership position, even if they're not supposed to be a leader. <laughs> um, and people just are wanting to accomplish their their vision, right? Um, some of their weaknesses is that they're very stubborn and dominant. They can be intolerant, especially of uh, people they think are inefficient. <laughs> uh, they very much have this my way or the highway kind of attitude to them. Uh, they can be impatient arrogant, uh, and they can also be very poor at handling their emotions. Hmm. Uh, this is kind of like the opposite of the page of cups, if you will, who very much was led by their emotions and dreams and et cetera, et cetera. Here you have an opposite person who um, is really good at getting stuff done, really good at living in the here and now and, and realizing their vision for the world and the future. But when it comes to how they're actually feeling about things, they can get a little bit lost and sometimes they'll just set it aside as being unimportant, mm. uh, which, as we all know, is a recipe for burnout. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and they can also be cold and ruthless mm. um, because, once again, they don't value emotional pursuits right. quite as much as um, results. <laughs> uh, other people that are a little more modern than Napoleon Bonaparte who are considered to be ENTJ personality types are like Steve Jobs and Gordon Ramsay. Um, people who just are the leaders no matter what they do and they tend to get things done in a very efficient way, albeit not necessarily the funnest way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're, they're all about realizing their vision, right? Anyways, um, they're definitely commanders, uh, people who take no excuses in order to get the whatever it is they want to happen done. So, how is this Athena, Pity? Well, <laughs> in so many ways. Um, but before I talk about Athena, I'm going to talk about someone else very quickly first, um, because... Although I wanted to have the King of Wands be Athena so badly, <laughs> another figure kept coming to mind just because this is a Wands character, not mm -hmm. character, but this is a Wands card in the King of Wands, and there's one figure. An archetype, not archetype, character. Thank you. Yeah, That's an archetype, not character. Archetype. I, I couldn't not talk about Asclepius 
Um, that's a fun word to say. <laughs> Asclepius. <laughs> Sounds very snake-like, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> so Asclepius, um, yeah, especially with the rod, is like I need, I need to talk about him very quickly first. So Asclepius um, was the god of medicine and is usually depicted as this kindly bearded man who holds a staff with a serpent entwined around it, mm-hmm. um, which is actually very similar to our medical staff that we still use as a symbol today. And the wands very much is a symbol of health yes. as well. So that that is appropriate. Mm, this is exactly why I wanted to, to mention him briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little about him. His father was Apollo and his mother was a princess. There's discrepancies about who, what exactly her name was. Okay. Um, so God for a father, but he was mortal. Uh, and when he, his mother died uh, one of two ways, either during childbirth and when she was placed on the funeral pyre, um, Apollo kind of cut him from his mother's womb. Okay. Um, in another version... Caesarean, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> another version of the story is that she was killed for being unfaithful to Apollo. Oh, dear. And then same story on the funeral pyre. He it was cut from, cut from, the, from her womb. From her womb. So, um, Apollo... So either way, he was born by a medical procedure. Exactly. Which is kind of funny <laughs> as well. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wasn't raised by Apollo, but by the centaur Chiron, um, who, who was the one to teach him the art of medicine. Um, if you remember Chiron, he also mentored Jason and Achilles, so yeah, a common figure that we see. Yeah, isn't he? Uh, he's a centaur. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Asclepius also had other children that are related to medicine, um, but he was so good at his art and his craft, um, better than Apollo, better than Chiron, that he was actually able to bring people back from the dead. Oh my! Yes. And Zeus didn't really like this because... (laughs) Messing with the fates. Exactly. Messing with the fates, going against the natural order of things. Um, And then there were just really too many humans, kind of. See, that actually is very King of Wands of him, though, because... The King of Wands has that energy where he can he just he just believes in in creating his own vision for how the world mm-hmm. should be and doesn't necessarily care about how other people view uh, okay. how the world should be. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So yeah. he did not care which he should have. <laughs> so he, um this actually led to his death and Zeus killed him um via thunderbolt. Mm. Um, oh basically to maintain the balance of people. They said, okay, you have too much power. You need to kind of go away. Um, but... Could he bring himself back from the dead? Well, that was one <laughs> of the things, yeah. So he could have brought himself back from the dead. So instead, um, the gods actually turned him into a constellation, placed him up with the stars, turned him into a constellation, which kind of deified him as well. So he eventually became a god. Um, oh, but he also was sent to the stars, so he couldn't it's come like, back. Get get out of here! <laughs> yeah, we're not going to send you down to Hades because yeah. you'll you just know come back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Apollo was also very upset about this because this is his son, and so he killed the Cyclopses, who were the ones that would make Zeus's thunderbolts, which of course pissed Zeus off. So he banished. It Apollo sounds like a vendetta. A oh yeah, <laughs> it's huge. It's yeah, it's like a soap opera mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Banished Apollo for a year, um, but then everything was fine. Well, a year is not too bad, considering. <laughs> yeah, considering. Considering you're immortal, it's got to be like a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Like so a day. You, you, can't, you can't be here for those weekends. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. 
So that's that's pretty much it for Asclepius. I just, like I said, want to say, talk about him because he is the ultimate wand bearer in my opinion. Yeah, he's probably. kind of a king of wands character mm. in, in, in a way. In yeah. a way, yeah, exactly. Um, um, but the We tr- don't hear a lot about his personality, though. More no. just like his actions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the true representation of the King of Wands, in our opinion, is Athena herself. So I've talked about Athena throughout the podcast, but I've never actually assigned her to any one particular particular. card. We were talking about the King of Wands, and I was like, okay, the King of Wands is the ultimate commander Mm -hmm. person. Who is the ultimate commander, Vidi? And you're like, maybe the goddess of... Strategic thinking, like <laughs> maybe it's her, yeah, possibly because it's funny because she isn't the one necessarily to do the things, the things, but she gives the orders, kind of, or even just the thoughts, the suggestions, the kind of spark of the creativity, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, she is a great, a very helpful goddess and a great leader. So, again, she is the goddess of wisdom, craft, or craftiness. Strategic warfare, courage, inspiration, math, strength, <laughs> skills, the arts, all of those things are in her domain. I didn't realize she was the goddess of math. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> You're like, she is mine now. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of math. Yes. Um, her typical symbols will include the owl, the olive tree, and a snake. So well, the there. snake is is part of um, uh, is part of the symbolism of the wands too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of that's it's, cool. It's, kind of it's all, all coming together. Yep. <laughs> um, she's also a very old goddess, and by that I don't mean old in age, but she has been worshipped for a very long time. Um, we have descriptions of her um, dating back to Linear B script, which was used by the Mycenaeans. Um, there are also many parallels between her and other goddesses, um, such as Ishtar. As well as the Sumerian goddess Inanna, who was also a warrior goddess. So I think it's interesting that Hmm. um, other cultures cultures and civilizations in that kind of basin often had warriors as... This warrior goddess. A warrior goddess, yeah. That's interesting. It kind of talks about the need, I think, also for this kind of archetype in... Mm-hmm. Uh, in different cultures, this yeah. need to have this powerful woman figure, yeah. female figure, um, that's existed for thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily see, I don't know, I don't see her as the ultimate leader because, again, she's more the one alongside people, but maybe mm-hmm. that is kind of a good way to lead is not to be the one kind of in front and center, but the one giving advice and the one helping other people out. Yeah, like, okay, so you have, we have two kinds, we're comparing two or, kinds of leaders here, right? I guess We've got a I king of so. swords. Yeah. The king of swords is the general kind. Right, right, right. Like the, and by general, I mean the one who's like a commander, a general. Mm-hmm. He is the one that is holding the sword at the front of the war and issuing commands that way and mm-hmm. inspiring people that way. Um, and also the ultimate um, judgment, right? So the king of swords is about making judgments uh, rational thinking mm-hmm. and finding ultimate truth. However, then you have the King of Wands, who is about creating his vision. Exactly. Right. But and I don't. I don't know if Athena necessarily had a vision for how things should be, as yeah. much as she is the spark to help people, inspiring to people with wisdom. Yeah. Yes. Like the King of Wands, what makes him so powerful is he knows where people belong. Mm-hmm. He knows. Um, he knows how to give 
commands so that that people want to follow mm-hmm. right it's not so much that he's forcing people by by power he's he or he just has a night he just knows what people want to be doing and where they are best suited and he guides them towards their best role mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's yeah it's kind of like that it's like, like he's not necessarily part. the one who's doing the actions mm-hmm. he's not necessarily the one who's leading the army but he will get he will ha- pick a really great general to, to do it you're gonna do yeah. it okay. he'll, he'll find the perfect yeah. general to lead his army yeah. but he won't necessarily do it himself that works and yeah. i think i think part of Part of my thinking, too, is is largely because of her gender. I think that if she was a man, then I, she would be kind of viewed differently. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe more as Aries. <laughs> oh, that's that's the other comparison, right? Yeah. Is Aries. But Aries is more bloody warfare. Victory Vic- at all costs. <laughs> yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Um, as, instead of being, like, as crafty... Um, and that's the thing, too, is that she is very crafty, and I definitely think that she would have been strong enough to overthrow Zeus and claim the title of the king of the gods. If she wanted if she to. Was, mm, if she was a man. I don't know if... Because, again, we're looking at classical Greece. Okay. I Even if she had the ability to, I don't think that it would be okay in anyone's mind for her to be in charge because of her gender. That's oh, the only... So, like, the way the society was set exactly. up, it would have been... Yes. It wouldn't have worked out that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. but she was definitely worshipped oh a hundred percent definitely especially like well the people like of athens. athens was Literally. named after athena exactly right? she is the patron of athens she is the one who gave them their olive tree and what made them so not so powerful but that was part of their commerce was selling olive oil and they have a whole festival. It's sold to even her. today. It's still sold today. They have a whole festival called the Panathenia. They would have every single year where they would bring this um, garment, Peplos, to her every single year. And we still kind of celebrate a lot of the same, I don't want, well, rituals we can say for the Olympic Games. It's very similar really? to, to the great Panathenia. Yeah. Are the Olympic Games related to Athena? No. So they're. Were so the Olympic Games were um, started in Olympia, so a different kind of city state. Yeah. Um, in Greece, but a lot of what we have and the way that we do things for our Olympics is more similar to the Panathenaic festival than it is to the actual Olympic festival. So, oh, for example, interesting. The, so the the, the modern Olympics mm-hmm. is now is actually more similar to this yeah. Panathenaic. Yep. Am I saying that right? Yep. Panathenaic ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like say for example, um, you know, we have the Olympic torch, how it goes from the place where I think it was the last time, like the last Olympics to the current one. Yeah, like the constant flame. That one, yeah. So they had um, which a is, race. Which is very the, Wands-like. There we go, the fire. <laughs> so they would have a race at the beginning of the festival where anyone didn't have to be like very athletic, anyone in the city could race with a flame from the starting line up into the Acropolis and whoever won, whoever got there with their flame still lit up would win olive oil for a year. That's awesome. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. That's, I, well, first of all, I love olive oil. Yes. I, I love using it for many ways, <laughs> cooking and beauty. <laughs> like, But, um, it's just, it, I'm thinking so much about how like the wands is supposed to be symbol, symbolic of like this, um, 
you know, guiding you towards your ultimate truth, like mm-hmm. guiding, not necessarily truth, but your ultimate passion, right? if you will, right? And so this idea of carrying a, a constant flame and lighting the way towards your victory is so symbolic mm-hmm. of the wand's suit. That's great. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely, I mean, if you have Athena on your side, you can get anything done. <laughs> That's why we see her with so many different heroes. And again, mm-hmm. like we've talked about it throughout the podcast. She's with... been a constant, like, character yeah. um, overseeing many heroes' journeys, mm-hmm. for sure, um, or influencing many journeys. <laughs> like, sometimes she's against them, and sometimes she's yeah. for them, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we see that a lot, especially in the Iliad, in the Trojan War epic. I mean, mm-hmm. right at the beginning, she's helping Achilles when he's about to kill King Agamemnon. She kind of rushes in and pulls him back, and it's like, no, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not a good idea. Um, and then at the end, you know, she trick when Achilles is um, fighting against Hector, she kind of tricks Hector, which leads to his death. Yeah. So, so that's where her cunning comes from. Is she often uh, she often helps people get victory by tricking someone else, or yeah, again, that's more of like or the inspiring someone the to not do something exactly that would that would you know lead to their downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so it's interesting, but she also is seen, um, battling herself. There is a, a scene of her fighting against Ares, um, and beating him. So very yeah. cool. Well, so she's on the sidelines, brains, but sometimes brains she over bronze. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There are so many stories that, that I could tell, but I feel like we've talked about so many of them in the past. So I'm not going to go into too much detail with other ones because, I feel like I've talked about most of them, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, well, I think in summary, um, knowing that Athena is this powerhouse of uh, of knowledge and wisdom, but also that she is someone who is actually a leader in many mm-hmm. ways because she is the one that is um, guiding people towards um, their passions, but also helping them along the way yeah uh, and that is a that is a form of leader that yep. is the king of wands <laughs> um exactly. yeah anyways are we pretty much we, out of time we are well almost but i was just thinking should we should we um announce, announce our, our future yeah. coming year of uh myth tarot love exactly. episodes that's a great idea yeah so this coming year we are going to do monthly episodes about astrology and tarot and how uh and also the classics of astrology Uh so every month we are going to do a different astrology sign along with a tarot spread that you can use so kind of a more practical side of how to um gain that sign's influence in your life uh because even if you might be a capricorn or Uh, A Leo, you can still benefit from learning the wisdom of each of the signs and how you can implement that signs energy, uh, especially when the sun is in that energy, Mm -hmm. into your own life. (laughs) So uh, that is our goal for this coming year. We're going to start with Aquarius, and we're going to release each episode um, around the time that that sign is starting. So normally around the 21st of each month-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything I can add? I think, I know I'm trying to yeah. think as you're talking, like, I think that's everything. Yeah, we'll start with Aquarius, um, and it'll be, it'll be fun. I don't know, I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, kind of, it. A, uh, it's something that I haven't really seen before, so 
that's that's kind of the goal is we want to um, we want to create something into this world that uh, new tarot users can find practical and I think a lot of us know at least a little bit about astrology mm-hmm. um, or I think more people know about horoscopes that's so true yeah I think that which is different different it's very different yeah. um, horoscopes are like we'll we'll probably talk about that in our first episode yeah. is the difference between horoscopes and astrology. Um, we are going to be focusing more on the astrology side, more of the stories and the classics, and perhaps even a little bit of uh, how different planets appear in your chart, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing, and less on the horoscopes prediction of the future side. Less that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, we'll try to be looking at other um, decks as well, potentially, just yes, to see. C- comparing different decks and yeah. how to choose your deck. Mm-hmm. Etc. Yes. <laughs> so all the things, all, all the things. Yeah. Um, but there'll be monthly episodes instead of weekly ones. Yes, that'll just work a little better for our lives right now, and it works yeah. with the with astrology as well. Exactly. So. It's a it's a year of a year of contemplation up ahead for mm-hmm. us. <laughs> yes. And may all of you have a wonderful new year oh, as yes. well. Um, May the King of Wands inspire you to go into whichever ever path it is that you, is needed the most for you and where you are best suited. I think we all would like a King of Wands in our lives telling us what to do sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, this is where you need to go. Like, okay. Thank you, King of Wands. I will go do that. But oftentimes when I get tarot readings, at least for myself, um, it's, a, it's always like, you know what to do. <laughs> You know what to do. You should just do what you know what you should do. It's like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> yes. Or the king of wands appears as myself. <laughs> You're like, no, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. So yeah, we, we encourage everyone to do a New Year's spread as well, just to kind of... Yeah, I highly recommend using the Celtic cross as a New mm-hmm. Year's spread. Um, possible questions could be, what are my, what is my focus for this coming year? Instead of just saying... Uh, what is this new year going to bring for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you could do that. Uh, you'll get a more vague answer. <laughs> if you want more specifics, you could say something like, um, what should my focus in my career be mm-hmm. for this coming year? Uh, what should my focus in relationships be? And then you can get a little bit more of a specific answer for you. Yeah. And I found that was helpful in, in setting my intentions for the year. I try not to do resolutions, but intentions. Yes. Uh, I personally have a resolution, but I like, I like, I have a resolution for meditation, but instead of it saying, I'm going to meditate every single day, I'm going to say, I'm going to meditate for at least 200 days this year. Okay. Still a resolution. Yeah. For me, I think I, I I think I'm like, oh, I want, my intention is to be more mindful. So that can either be through meditation, through breathing, through whatever, but it's It's still like that way similar. Cause, uh, like, yeah, whenever you have like this resolution and you're trying to do it every single day Mm. as soon as you miss a day you're like well it's done forever exactly now I'm going to give up on everything but at least if you have like room for error you know it's like okay I'm I'm expecting error I'm planning for Mm. it and I know how I can come back afterwards because it's not the end (laughs) (laughs) if there is no wagon you cannot fall off of it exactly there is no wagon Wonderful. Anyways, um, so our words of wisdom today are coming from the American Tarot Association. Enjoy the king's power and authority, but be sure to use it for productive means. Take your responsibility seriously. 
think of new ways to do things, and never stop believing in yourself. Talk about stories, wands, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, tarot, love.